Hi everyone, I'm Vic Tandon, Director of Health Innovation Product Strategy here at Blue Shield of California and your host for today's episode of the Healthy Dose of Dialogue podcast. Joining me today is Sarah Hill. Uh, Sarah is a CEO of Helium, a startup that harnesses virtual reality and augmented reality to reduce anxiety and to improve mental health. In this episode, we'll get Sarah's insights on mental health innovation and how new tools in augmented reality and virtual reality are helping people cope and overcome anxiety. Thanks for joining me, Sarah. Good to see you. And I'm looking forward to this nerdy play date, um, <laughs> as I call it, talking about the metaverse in medicine. Love it. Nerdy play date. First, heard it here first. Um, so, Sarah, you have a, a really fascinating background, uh, an exceptional career as a TV news anchor and, a, and, and journalist. Uh, and now uh, CEO of a startup and chief storyteller in the mental health space. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your journey uh, from the newsroom to the startup world? Sure. It was not a linear path. It had many twists and turns, but ultimately my company Helium is media. It's just therapeutic media and it's immersive media and it's storytelling virtual and augmented reality that's meant to allow you to unlock the healing powers inside yourself. And I was a television journalist for decades, covered a lot of trauma, uh, rapes, murders, homicides. We went in with the trauma teams in the aftermath of the tsunami in Sri Lanka and Indonesia. What you consume in the media uh, can ultimately make you sick. And my media diet was broken. Um, I was consuming a lot of negativity every day and I had difficulty sleeping. And so discovered neurofeedback through that. And Helium is just a combination of VR, AR plus neurofeedback and our technology uh, that allows you to downshift your nervous system in a drugless way. But it started in television journalism, uh, wanting to try to find a solution to heal myself as well as the millions of people who struggle with anxiety and sleep. Your uh, journey as a founder is not uncommon, right? You were looking to solve a problem that you yourself had. Um, so it's, that's really interesting and common, but uh, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, your personal ex uh, experiences and, you know, how that fueled your passion to launch Helium? Mm -hmm. So I tried neurofeedback. Um, uh, my husband, is a, a counseling psychologist and he said i have a business partner who's doing this weird stuff as he called it with with neurofeedback um he said you 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 glue electrodes on your forehead and you learn to train your brain uh to you know uh behave better and so ultimately i did that and you know 15 years ago you did have to glue electrodes on on your forehead uh fast forward to that and um, you know, to today where there are dry EEG sensors and meditation headbands that don't require any glue and you know, neurofeedback, biofeedback is relatively uh, accessible with consumer wearables that we, we already have in our homes. And so you know, my journey of providing some virtual tours to a group of uh, terminally ill and aging World War II veterans who weren't able to physically travel to see their memorials in Washington, DC, but in the VR goggles, they could see the Vietnam Memorial, the, the, the World War II Memorial. We noticed in those experiences, specifically virtual reality appeared to be impacting their physiology. They weren't just watching these experiences, they were feeling them. That set us off on a, on a journey to study what are these experiences doing to brain patterns and heart rate? And can we create this immersive media 
in a way that has a therapeutic impact? And the answer to that in you know five uh, peer-reviewed journals is absolutely you can. And it's a very powerful tool to uh, you know uh, allow people to feel like they're someplace else, uh, even though they're in a stressful situation. Wow, that's that's really interesting and, and uh, compelling to hear how the work that you did with with aging veterans uh, kind of helped you on the on the product development journey. So, Sarah, I, I, it's my understanding that that Helium as a company launched in 2015, and you've experienced a tremendous amount of of growth over that time. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the the science and the research that's behind you know Helium as a company and a and a product? Sure. In five peer reviewed journals, Helium has been shown to quickly reduce anxiety and improve mood in as little as four minutes. And um, that research was not immediate. It was over many years. Uh, Dr. Jeff Tarrant, who is, who is my co-founder, he is a neurofeedback specialist and a counseling psychologist. Um, he's led a lot of the research into virtual reality and neurofeedback biofeedback. We've also had external partners and we're involved in a dozen different trials around the world, looking specifically at how does immersive media impact brain patterns and heart rate. So what we've done over the last six years is compound media in a way, much as you might compound a drug, although this is a drugless solution, uh, to see how it changes brain patterns and heart rate. And you know, can we get a therapeutic impact from using just immersive video, immersive assets, or even augmented reality um, assets. And I should probably explain the difference between uh, the two of virtual reality and, and augmented reality. Virtual reality is a completely immersive experience inside the goggles that you put on and then you don't see the real world. You only see a virtual or simulated world. Augmented reality, Helium is also on augmented reality mobile devices, where uh, just through your mobile device, there's a 3D asset where you see the real world still, and you place a 3D asset in that environment, and then you're able to control that asset either with your brain patterns or your heart rate from a consumer wearable. And so one is you know, most immersive virtual reality, and the other one, augmented reality, is not as immersive. But what we're finding in our research and others is that both kinds of media are more therapeutic than regular audio or regular 2D media. And it's allowing you know, users to discover that their thoughts have power to control things, not only in the virtual world, uh, but the real world as well. So Sarah, you talked a little bit about uh, Helium and, and the technology being almost like uh, compounding drugs and, and, and pharmaceuticals. Uh, it sounds a little bit like helium may be uh, either a digital therapeutic or a digiceutical. Uh, and for our listeners who are unfamiliar with those terms, can you maybe describe a little bit about what those terms mean and, and how you see helium? Yeah, so we identify helium as a digiceutical. So the difference between digiceuticals and digital therapeutics is a very important distinction. You might think of one in the wellness foot and over the counter as a digiceutical, it's like a nutraceutical or something like that. And then a digital therapeutic is prescribed by a physician. Uh, a digiceutical is 
not meant to be a replacement for psychotropic medication or professional counseling. Um, and, and that's where helium is a training tool and a self-awareness tool that allows you to learn to self-regulate. Uh, a digital therapeutic, on the other hand, is meant to be uh, a replacement for psychotropic medication, maybe professional counseling, maybe that professional counseling might come on that digital therapeutic. Uh, digital therapeutics are historically FDA uh, cleared or FDA approved, and they're not part of a wellness uh, necessarily regimen. They're more in, in the medicine uh, sector and more for the uh, treatment and uh, diagnosis of a, a disease or, or a medical condition. Um, and that line is, is blurring uh, with combination therapies. There are a lot of them out there that are combining digicyticals with pharmaceutical in interventions or digicyticals with professional counseling as part of a combination therapy. And helium in its current form is used in non-clinical environments, subclinical environments, specifically with employee wellness programs um, and regular consumers that just want to feel better and sleep better. So it sounds like a digiceutical is almost like a digital vitamin. In helium's case, it's it's one for uh, stress and anxiety. Is that is that right? That's a great way. That's a that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for breaking that down for, uh, for our audience here. Uh, you spoke a little bit about kind of how helium is um, more of a wellness solution and uh, you, know, you have a deep uh, personal um, passion for mental and behavioral health. Now, the last couple of years have been really tough on a lot of folks with the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm curious how, how the pandemic has um, impacted uh, you personally uh, and Helium as a, as a company and a product? It's a great question. This is the Stress Olympics right now, right? And not everyone has trained for it. And everything we're seeing in all of our social media feeds about, you know, turmoil that's going on in the world, things that you consume in the media um, also impact your physiology, your brain patterns and heart rate. So we really have to mind your media diet, much as you might mind your food diet and realize that if you're consuming all of that negativity, that trauma, that conflict uh, that you're seeing on your feed day after day, that will make you sick in the form of inability to sleep, inability to focus, and all the other um, you know, physical in implications of stress which by the way, is the cause of 90% of doctor's visits. And it's a $300 billion profit and people killer. There's no such thing as just a little stress. And so, you know, what we've developed are drugless, non-harmful coping mechanisms that can allow you to teach yourself to learn to self-regulate your, your brain patterns and heart rate, which is really that mental health armor that's going to get us all through the, the stress olympics and that's um you know not just for helium you don't need just one digiceutical in your medicine cabinet you need a whole host of things whether that be traditional meditation whether that be uh, maybe it's a pharmaceutical intervention maybe it's professional counseling maybe you like to run or exercise it's an ecosystem that allows you to learn to self-regulate yeah, there's a, I mean, 
clearly from your um, from your work and research, seems like there's a lot of potential ways in which uh, consumers can uh, work to improve and uh, sustain their mental health. I'm curious from uh, your the clinical research perspective that you and the company have done is you know what what do you see as the biggest opportunities or benefits specifically for the application of um, augmented and virtual reality technologies? So augmented and virtual reality technologies are on a spectrum. So some is more more, more immersive and some is less immersive like augmented reality. And what we're finding is the fact that the more immersive you go, the more it quickly changes brain patterns and heart rate, the more engaging it is, the more memorable it is. Uh, compared to uh, media assets that's on your your mobile device. Um, and so you know that's really important for for people to understand that whatever you're doing um, likely has some therapeutic value to it. Um, all we're saying is that there's a new kind of of digital uh, intervention that in research uh, has been shown to be, you know uh, more engaging and and more memorable and increasing the likelihood that people want to step into these experiences because they like the way they feel when they're inside them. I'm excited to, to hear, you know, hear and learn more about Helium as, uh, as you guys continue on your, on your growth trajectory. Uh, one of the, I guess, concerns um, that, that uh, one may have is a really around kind of the, the cost really of these, tech, of these new emerging technologies, right? Whether it is the, the headset goggles for virtual reality or even smartphones that, you know, that are needed for augmented reality. Uh, so from a kind of a health equity perspective, Sarah, what are some of the considerations that, um, you know, consumers or, or um, payers or employers should have uh, in terms of making these, these, new therapeutic, these new therapeutics and new ways of improving health more affordable, more accessible? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And obviously not everyone has access to virtual reality goggles. And we as a company have solved for that by creating augmented reality experiences um, uh, that include virtual reality experiences that you can step into. So let me back that up and explain that a little bit. Uh, these are experiences that don't require goggles, but they are immersive. So imagine for instance, you have the ability to open up a magic portal on your phone uh, in augmented reality, you can walk through that portal, or if you don't have mobility, you can teleport through that portal, and then you're inside another immersive landscape. So if you move your phone side to side, up and down, you're inside a, a 360 degree experience. And so that's just one example how we're reducing that barrier to entry and making VR goggles optional um, using that augmented reality solution. Now, is it as therapeutic as VR? No, but is it portable, accessible, and does it allow people to learn in similar ways? Absolutely. It actually brings up an interesting consideration really around kind of adoption, right, of digital health solutions. So I think we've seen over the last couple of years in, in healthcare with the pandemic, a big shift, right, to more digital tools, technologies, um, and uh, I'm curious from your perspective, what trends you've been seeing around uh, uh, adoption of uh, digital health solutions by uh, employers, by physicians and consumers themselves? We're really seeing a confluence of a handful of different technologies that are accelerating the impact of digiceuticals and digital therapeutics. 
So, um, you know, number one, the rise of wearables, right? There are 200 million, um, uh, you know, people in the world who are, are using wearables. And, um, you know, what are you going to do with all that data? Um, well, helium is, is one option that you use that data to, to, to train. Um, the other confluence of, of a technology pillar is the rise of 5G and more real-time data capture of that biometric information. Um, the other rise, um, sadly, is the mental health epidemic. And um, people you know, are talking about it more, mental fitness, not just mental health, but mental fitness and the ability to train yourself to go into battle with your own mental health armor, much as you might train your body for a marathon, is really, really important. And so we're seeing a lot of, of talk about that right now. Um, in addition, the rise of um, the metaverse and the world is no longer flat. It's becoming a place that we step into inside virtual and augmented reality. And by the way, when you step into the, these immersive landscapes, um, you're seeing more engagement, more shift in brain patterns, more reduction in heart rate, and the brain is believing what it's seeing. Um, and, and you know that that can have profound impacts on 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 the body and the mind as well. So all of those come together for a, a really important uh, trajectory for not just digital therapeutics but immersive uh, digiceuticals and digital therapeutics. Mobile apps. Um, about eighty percent of people who are using you know mobile apps as the digital therapeutics, uh, they abandon them. But we don't see those kinds of numbers in virtual reality because it is so engaging and they're spending more time in these experiences, partly because uh, their brain is, is thinking they're real. Now, now, the person doesn't really think they're actually in a waterfall or a snow globe or, or anything like that. The person knows that they are in a conference room or in an office or in their bedroom before they go to sleep. But um, you know, uh, we are visual learners. And when we're placed in an environment that our eyes are seeing and consuming that, our body is responding similarly. So I'm really excited about the trajectory of immersive digiceuticals and immersive digital therapeutics. That's a that's an interesting observation that uh, the, the, the drop-off rate, if you will, of uh, consumers interacting in virtual reality applications versus mobile is so much higher and there's so much more engagement. Um, that is really, really quite fascinating. And I think and it's an important takeaway um, for, uh, for our listeners and um, certainly something that we'll take back and, and reflect in our own work uh, here at Blue Shield as we explore and the application of emerging technologies to um, you know, solve for a lot of these health, uh, healthcare challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. VR has been shown to be just as effective as a dose of hydromethadone or Dilaudid, powerful painkiller. And, you know, you, you think of that with the rise of the opioid epidemic and people are looking for, for more drugless solutions. And so, um, you know, that, that, that's another reason why this whole industry um, has, has taken off because all of these things, you know, make it, it, it ripe um, uh, from a bandwidth perspective, from an awareness perspective, um, as well as, as a technology perspective. 
Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of potential, a lot of opportunities for the use of augmented and virtual reality and these immersive experiences um, in healthcare and, and, and wellness. Uh, what are some of the opportunities you see for Helium to um, to potentially grow and tackle some of these additional areas? So we're really bullish on sleep. As a matter of fact, we just launched a sleep product called Sleepium. Um, and uh, you might be thinking, wait, hold on. You're not supposed to view devices, you know, before you go to bed at night. That's not good yeah. sleep, sleep hygiene. Um, these de devices come with a night mode and blue light filters. And in I, uh, the, the research that Helium has been a part of, it's been shown to be just as effective um, uh, when paired with cognitive behavioral therapy for, for treating insomnia than just cognitive behavioral therapy alone. So you add VR to, to it and um, you know, it, it allows the user to downshift their new nervous system and to think that they're in this peaceful place before they, they go to sleep. And so more and more, we're going to be seeing these digiceuticals being used um, before you go to bed at night. You have the ability to uh, view it in a reclined position and you can reorient the content so that uh, you know, the beach is on your ceiling, uh, so to speak, and you can literally uh, go to the beach in your mind um, before you go to bed. And then the other you know, caveat with that is how the notion of sleep hygiene is changing, that your sleep hygiene just doesn't just begin before you go to bed at night, it begins during the day um, where you can do these immersive training experiences either with a headband or, or with you know, biofeedback and train yourself during the day and then passively consume that same experience that you trained with uh, without a wearable at night uh, to create that associative memory of, you know, what you just experienced. So I really think, um, you know, sleep is an exciting use case for uh, immersive uh, digiceuticals and helium, sleepium, uh, and, you know, just one of the, the di digital drugs um, on our platform that is tangentially related to uh, stress and anxiety. And just as an explanation for anyone who's interested how it works, um, what you think about in your mind has a direct impact on your brain patterns and your heart rate. So helium is using, you know, the, the con concept of neuroplasticity uh, with wearables. So a wearable, any wearable uh, that, that captures data, uh, you would see it, it displayed inside these virtual and augmented reality experiences as a firefly that's going up and down. So as you increase your feelings of focused calm or as you breathe um, and reduce that, that stress response, that firefly goes up. Um, if you uh, are not focused and calm, then that firefly will drop below a certain threshold and the background will turn red. And so we're just personifying the data that comes from the wearables that you already have in, the, in your home as an, a 3D asset that will allow you to uh, you know, see your stress animal personified as a jaguar, uh, for instance, that you could actually learn to control as opposed to, oh, you know, don't stress out, reduce your stress. Well, what does that mean? It very simply means um, by lowering your stress, you can change the colors on this jaguar's fur and you can also change its movement. 
your stress animal will start in a pounce position. And then as you soften your mind and lower your heart rate, it will sit down right next to you and start to lick its paw. So, um, you know, again, uh, making these experiences and the concept of stress, uh, breaking it down into something visual that we can learn to regulate ourselves. That sounds fascinating. What What's your stress animal, Sarah? My stress animal is, is a jaguar. Is a jaguar. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I had some input on creating that experience, but um, uh, and you can try this. It's it's on the the quest too. You actually get to play ball with your stress animal. You throw a ball and it'll chase it. And if you're using the headband, uh, not all the experiences require the use of an EEG headband. If you want to use it without it, that's fine too. They, they automatically advance. And you can use your imagination then that you are using these feelings to change the, the, the colors. But uh, in a future iteration, we'll have the ability to select what kind of stress animal that you, you want. Um, and I don't know, Vic, what would your stress animal be? Oh boy, I, I don't know. I would say it definitely would be a, bi a big cat of some kind. Uh, they are uh, they are quite terrifying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Your work at Helium Sarah just sounds fantastic. Uh, a really great mix of um, emerging technology, immersive experiences, building on kind of your your career in in media. Um, I'm sure you've had a ton of great success stories uh, in the lifetime of, of Helium as a company, but is there is there one that really stands out to you that kind of exemplifies the the impact that, that you've had on uh, on consumers and patients? Uh, there are a variety of one, and we love the letters and the emails that that we get. Um, we have a program called Honor Everywhere. It's a free program for terminally ill and aging World War II veterans who can't virtually visit their memorials in Washington, DC, the Vietnam, Korea, Women's Memorial, Arlington. Um, we have uh, VR tours inside the goggles uh, for these individuals. And last year, we had one individual who got the opportunity to see his memorial and then he immediately, uh, shortly thereafter, passed away. And you know, those are uh, the kinds of stories that really resonate with us um, and from their family members who were just thankful that he got that opportunity to visit the, his memorial before he passed. And we're also doing um, um, some work with, with the U.S. Air Force and deployed um, uh, military personnel in that they don't have the ability to see nature for months on end. They're either in the Middle East um, or we've, we've been on the USS Nimitz out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, those sailors, you know, they don't see nature for months. But the ability to bring them virtual nature and virtual peace um, inside the goggles and to hear their reactions is just, um, you know, raise the ha raises the, the hackles on my neck every time I hear their stories because of something that to us as a technology company seems so seemingly simple but when you're in the middle of a desert or in a submarine or an aircraft carrier, um, you know, one of the most you know, dangerous places on earth, you know, having those drugless, non-harmful uh, coping mechanisms is, is really key. And they tell us they find the experiences calming, lovely, truly relaxing. We have parents who are using helium with their, their teenagers as a way to escape. Uh, their, their current reality, and just having a tool to learn to self-regulate. So many stories, and, um, you know, we're just appreciative of, you know, the ability to 
get that additional feedback from our membership and uh, learn more about specifically what kind of immersive media impacts brain patterns in different ways. That's great, and and certainly wish uh, wish you and Helium uh, the opportunity to have many more positive stories like that uh, come about from your from your users. As we wrap up here, just want to close with some rapid fire questions. So uh, if you're ready, uh, we'll dive into those here. So apart from Helium, what are one or two ways that you handle stress in your day to day life? So my drugless, non harmful coping mechanisms are my faith, um, my family. And uh, I like to do a lot of hot yoga and I run. Exercise is one of the best things that you can do for yourself. Um, and I also limit my caffeine intake. And um, in addition to you know, using my product to downshift my nervous system, uh, those are, are some of the different ways that um, uh, you know, I do to handle my own, own stress. Great. Speaking of media, what's the latest article or book that you've read about mental health? So the latest article that I've read about mental health has been really fascinating in Colorado. So I don't know if your listeners are, are following uh, some of what's happening there, but there is a Colorado Children's Hospital that is instituting regular mental health checkups for their youth. What a beautiful thing to think in this, in our nation in today's day and age where, you know, there are physical health, you go in for a physical health checkup but they're doing the same for mental health and asking them a series of, of questions. And you know, wouldn't it be interesting in, in today's day and age when that was you know, more mainstream, whereas just as you would go to the dentist or the eye doctor uh, and the physical doctor, that you would also, as a part of your regular mental health hygiene and your mental health armor, you would go in, even if there was nothing that you perceived wrong, just to make sure that preventatively everything was operating normally. I dream of a world that way. And that article was very inspiring um, in, in Colorado with uh, the Colorado Children's Hospital. That does sound like a fantastic uh, thing that, that's happening in Colorado. And uh, definitely look forward to, uh, to the day where that is a, a regular part of our, our care delivery system. Um, so thank you, Sarah, for your for your time today. And uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to all of our listeners. Uh, I hope you walked away with uh, an understanding of immersive technologies like augmented and virtual reality and how companies like Helium are applying them to uh, build your mental health armor uh, and improve your, your mental well-being. To learn more about Helium itself, visit tryhelium.com. That's try, H-E-A-L-I-U-M. And please join us the next time as we continue to bring, uh, bring you a healthy dose of insights and perspectives based on conversations with leaders who are transforming healthcare. We'd love to hear your feedback. So share your comments and let us know your thoughts by writing a review on our website at doseofdialogue.com. And you can also join the conversation on LinkedIn or Twitter at Dose of Dialogue. My name is Vic Denton. Thanks again. 